1: This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show and the expert on all things real estate, Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Now, in a recent report from Remax Canada, the findings suggested that housing inventory may reach a crisis point.
2: That's right, Tina, and joining us to discuss this report and provide some insight into the findings is Christopher Alexander, the president of REMAX Canada. Christopher, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Christopher, let's start with the headlines. We've been talking
3: about low inventory for a long, long time on this show. How has it hit a crisis now? Well, it's been a crisis for a long time. It's just what's interesting is through our research, Inventory levels are significantly lower um, over the last decade than they were from 2002 to 2012. So, um, and even year over year, we're down about 7%. So um, it's, a, it's a big challenge that, you know, we've been talking about it for a while, but it's really time for action. And uh, I'm, I'm afraid if we don't act soon, affordability is just going to get way, way more out of control.
1: So, before we talk about the action that's required, this report included a view on the major markets across the country. What can you tell us about the findings here in the GTA?
3: Well, overall, um, on average, we get about 29% of all the new Canadians coming through immigration every year. And as I mentioned, we're down about 7% year-over-year in inventory. So 29% equates to about 120,000 people a year uh, coming to the GTA. And they're all going to need a place to live. And when your inventory is down year-over-year and you're expecting that immigration number to creep up year-over-year, you've got a big challenge on your hands.
2: And Christopher, CMHC came out with a report that said we needed 3.5 million new homes by 2030 to tackle this affordability issue, but Canada's only averaging 200 to 300,000 new units per year. I'll speak a little bit about that and, and
3: what your thoughts are. Well, when you look at those numbers, it's not hard to, to tell how serious the uh, issue is. And, you know, you couple that with the immigration numbers I spoke about, but also the trend of single household formations. So traditionally and typically and historically, you, you get household formations when two people decide to get married or they move in together, but we're also noticing an uptick in people buying on their own. And so that's almost, does not not quite, but it can double the amount of homes needed. So um, you know, there's a serious shortfall and, you know, with labor shortages, the cost of materials, the amount of uh, uh, challenge, it's a big buzzword, but the amount of red tape that you have to deal with to get a project approved and in motion are all detriments to tackling this challenge.
1: And in terms of tackling the challenge, it means building more homes, but as you suggested, supply and other issues are factors in this scenario. So, what do we do in the meantime
3: well i said earlier let's talk more action and i think some of that action's got to be finding ways to speed up approval processes for projects finding ways to attract more people to the labor market both domestically and internationally um you know that that's a, a deep concern of mine as well is that we have a number of people in the trades industries that are going to be retiring uh, in the next three to five years, and from all the statistics that I've seen, there's no, there's not enough people getting into that field of work to make up the difference. So um, it could put extra pressure on the amount of time it gets to, or it takes to get things built.
2: And Christopher, when you were examining the different markets in uh, Eastern Canada, did you find any surprises, or was it very consistent right
3: through? Well, surprise is kind of a tough thing because on this topic, because as you mentioned, we, we've been talking about the inventory challenges for a while, but just for some perspective, Halifax is a city of almost 500,000 people. And in July, there were only 1,100 total homes for sale in the whole market. Um, and so that in itself is jaw-dropping because... There's a lot more people that have life-changing events that need to move. You've got people coming to Halifax from out of province because it's more affordable. But that window of affordability is shrinking with with every passing day, but with numbers like that.
1: And the report also suggested that developers may be land banking. What exactly does that mean, and what is the impact?
3: So land banking is when you, you buy plots of land and don't develop it right away. Um, you know, the, the cost of land is at an all-time high. And, you know, the, the amount of time it takes to get a project approved can be counterproductive for developers, too. So they may choose to wait to develop when costs go down, when approval processes improve. Um, but, you know, we've heard the whole story. And also, if I know you can vouch for this, is projects um, have been getting canceled a lot because the cost of billing um, is a diminishing return for for developers' investment. So you've got counterproductive measures at work, and if you're a builder and it's going to cost you more to build the project than you're going to make in the end, chances are you're not going to go through with that project. So um, there's a lot of land that developers have, but unfortunately... Through different municipal and provincial regulations, it's very difficult for them to find it worth it uh, to start building.
2: Yeah, developer pullback, especially in the GTA, has uh, certainly been at the forefront of the news. Christopher, where do we go from here? What uh, what's the next step, and how can we
3: help with this process? I think you know, we just we have to find ways to incentivize you know quicker development. Uh, you know, finding ways to incentivize people to move. <laughs> um, you know, there's. I've seen reports, too, that there's a lot of inventory that could come to the market, but it doesn't because consumers look at the cost of moving and decide it's not worth it and they'd rather, rather renovate. I mean, that's been a conversation for years. Um, you know, I think land transfer tax is a big barrier for a lot of people to get over when... They think, yeah, I'd sell, but if it's going to cost me $150,000 to $200,000 to move, uh, I'd rather put that money into something else. Um, So those are some things that I don't think are talked about enough that we, we really need to stimulate movement as the overall average stay in a home has increased from five to seven years to more like eight to 11. So that's another challenge we've got to solve as well.
2: Great information in this report, Chris, for if our listeners want to find out more or read the actual report, where can they find it? Blog.REMAX.TA Blog.REMAX.TA. Thanks so much for your time, and we look forward to chatting with you again. Thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure.
1: After the break, we check On the Market in Western Canada. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. Over to my co-host and our real estate expert, Asif Khan, from REMAX Prime Properties, with a check on the West Coast. Asif.
2: That's right, Tina. We're heading West, and we're going to continue our discussion about inventory levels with our focus on Western Canada. Joining us is Elton Nash, Executive Vice President of REMAX Canada. Elton, welcome back.
4: Great to be with you, Asif.
2: We're uh, certainly experiencing a shortage of inventory, as we have been for a while, in the eastern part of Canada. Tell us a little bit of what's happening in western Canada.
4: Well, certainly isn't a great deal of difference uh, when we look at western Canada. And if we look at uh, Vancouver, for example, where long-term inventory levels uh, right now, we're 16% below the 10-year average of 2013 through 2022. When we look at available homes on the market right now on the on the Vancouver Real Estate Board Multiple Listing Service, and then then you look at what population growth has done. I mean, the the Greater Vancouver area has climbed almost 25% from 2006 through 2021. So. We've seen a 25% increase in population, but a 16% decrease in available homes for sale. So certainly is creating a challenge for anyone looking for a home.
1: Now, earlier in the show, we asked Christopher Alexander if this was a surprise. Uh, Was he surprised by the findings? We'll put the same question to you.
4: Well, we've been talking about housing supply shortages for some time now. And it was really exacerbated uh, with Covid and the demand for real estate that came about as a result of that. And the, you know we saw the escalation of home prices right across the country, especially in the major markets of the Gta and and Vancouver, but in all smaller markets as well. and And so, yeah, was it or is it a surprise that we see a continuation of shortage of housing? No, not really. What I think is really coming to the fore is that beyond, and we've talked about the three levels of government having to be involved with creating a a more positive environment for home building, but we're seeing things, and in Vancouver right now, There's a tremendous example of partnerships working together. So last week, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau announced uh, a $1.4 billion CMHC funding for Squamish Nation to build six residential towers of rental units. That's 6,000 rental units that will come on uh, the market over the next 10 years in Vancouver. But it's a partnership between Squamish Nation Mm -hmm. Uh, CMHC, OP Financial, and West Bank Corporation. So all coming together to create more housing units, and that's the kind of thing we need to see.
2: And when we're looking at uh, developers creating more housing units, we're also seeing developer pullback in the east here. What about in the Vancouver area? Are you seeing developers pull back and maybe cancel or postpone some projects in light of the exorbitant costs involved to build
4: these now? Oh, exactly, and, and and you know, with the Bank of Canada attacking inflation as it has to do, there's no question of that. And the only tool at their hand is increasing interest rates. And and quite frankly, you know, the last two years of historical lows have been abnormal. What we're seeing now is a return to more historical norms when it comes to interest rates. But nevertheless, what that has done is introduced uncertainty in the marketplace. And when you bring in uncertainty and increase interest costs, well then you bring about, you know, what's the future hold? And am I, as a developer or builder, going to invest millions of dollars with uncertainty in the future? And of course, the question is no. I mean, and we look at interest costs, it's one of the highest portions or or factors in building, uh, especially a large tower project. Uh, and so, yeah, we're seeing developers uh, just pause for the time being, postpone what their current plans are. And in Vancouver, the other factor is red tape. I mean, it will take upwards to 10 years to get approval to move forward with a major project. And so you, you combine these things, and here we are today with the shortage of supply.
1: So what advice do you have for anyone who is buying or selling right now?
4: Well, advice is always be patient. Um, you know, you, when you're looking at buying a home, you'll you want to get something that's as close to what your needs and requirements are. Um, but if one is waiting for prices to drop further, um, given the inventory levels that we have, and, and British Columbia, as of, you know, there was a report from British Columbia Real Estate Association yesterday that came out, that is really showing the province in balanced market conditions. And so we've heard a lot of press about, you know, how things have dropped so dramatically, but we're talking a year ago, you know, in comparison where it was absolutely crazy. So, so we're, we're in balanced market conditions, which is healthy. So that means the home that you're looking for will come on the market. and Patience is always key.
2: And waiting for that home to come on the market, I mean, right now what we're seeing in the GTA Elton is a lot of people have, you know, different ideas of where they should price their home or what they should offer on a home. What advice do you have to sellers or, or buyers that may be pursuing uh, either selling or buying in this market?
4: Well, ultimately the key is, is information and the best information that one can get whether you're selling a home or buying a home is from your realtor and and the experience that they have in dealing in the market on a day-to-day basis their advice and guidance will be key to a successful outcome
1: and what can you tell us in terms of going forward you know we have many listeners who contact us who are wondering Should I sell now? Should I just wait until, you know, the spring or maybe next summer? What would you tell them?
4: Well, it's always a relative situation. And you have to kind of look at your own personal circumstances. And if the timing is right at a particular time for you to be selling your home or, or making a move, buying a home, then that's the time to do it. Now, of course, you stay within your affordability range and you don't go beyond your personal financial means, but the timing of the year isn't as important as what is the timing within your own life, and what you want to accomplish and achieve within that parameter, and then making a decision based on that. It's not so much, you know, living in a home isn't you don't live in a mutual fund. You don't live in a stock or a share price. You live in your home, and it's a long-term investment. And and so that's why it's really key. The timing is really based on personal circumstances and your personal family goals and outcomes.
2: And as we close off, CMHC uh, had said that we need 3.5 million more homes. We're building about two hundred to 300,000 here. What do you think... Yeah, it's the chances are that we're gonna even come close to that three and a half million target as we get over to
4: 2030. You know, it's going to be very difficult. It's it's a real challenge uh, to meet those sorts of targets with with the immigration goals that are in place. Which, you know, as a Canadian, we need to have immigration into this country and 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 help those that. Uh, that want to come and live in the greatest country in the world. Uh, but the reality is, is that to meet those sorts of housing targets will be very difficult. Uh, but at the same time, when we have seen or are seeing uh, projects like what I talked about in Vancouver with the partnerships, uh, it's doable, but it's going to take uh, some imagination and creativity and a desire to do it.
1: And for our listeners here in the GTA, you know, could you give us a bit of a picture in terms of the average price of a home in Vancouver? What is it there these days? And, and, you know, and we'll compare that to what we, what we have here.
4: Well, uh, you know, it's the average price in Vancouver right now is 1.2 million, a little bit over that. Um, I mean, it it is the most expensive country in the market and i almost hesitate hence my hesitation <laughs> when you do ask that because it, it is astronomical but again it's supply and demand and of course living on the west coast in vancouver is a tremendous lifestyle attracts a lot of people and uh yeah and so hence uh, condominiums are very popular it's in a lower price uh, area and, uh, and more affordable for, for your average family. But, uh, yeah, living in Vancouver is not for the faint of wallet by any stretch of the imagination.
1: No, it doesn't sound that way.
2: <laughs> and, Elton, where do we go from here in, in terms of what do you expect to happen in the West Coast to help us with housing affordability
4: over the next few years? Well, I think there is a desire on uh, government, and, and, and of course, where does government receive its direction is from the electorate. Uh, the challenge that we face is politicians are often short-visioned. In other words, they, they worry about their elected term of four or so years. Uh, we have to have stronger long-term vision, and uh, I see that. I see that happening, and so it's just a matter of, of information and that's where reports like this are so critical because it does provide information to people so that they can put pressure on their elected representatives and, and ultimately add additional uh, pressure onto the private sector as well to really look at supply and, and housing shortages in both rental and ownership markets.
2: Alton, it's always a pleasure to have you on our show and thank you so much for joining
1: us and uh, we hope to have you on again
4: too. You're welcome, Asif. Always a pleasure to join
1: you. When we come back, your real estate questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him 416 985 Khan. That's 416 985 5426. Or email ossif at thehomeshop.ca. Now back to On the Market on 1059 The Region.
1: Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 1059 The Region. Time now for our listener questions over to Lindy in Unionville. And we've heard this question a lot. Sell now or try to hang on and sell next spring. Asif, what would your advice be?
2: Well, uh, we we had some uh, great insight from Elton on this uh, question too Mm -hmm. earlier, Lindy. Uh, Hopefully you were listening in. Uh, But what we're starting to see in this market is sellers need to be patient because there's a lot of different opinions on pricing and what buyers are going to be offering on houses. So I think patience is the key in this market. Uh, Again, with limited inventory, this is a great market for sellers to be out on the market in. We've seen activity spike over the last 10 days or so on listings. And what we want to do is we want to make sure that your home is presented in the best light and to the most people that are out there. So there are buyers out there. This would be a great time, however, if uh, it continues that the buyers are not serious or are not showing uh, the the true value of the home, then then uh, yeah, you can wait until spring. But we don't know what the inventory levels will be like in the spring. If everyone is waiting for the spring, you want to beat them to the punch, so you may want to jump on right now.
1: So it really is an individual you know situation in question, isn't it? It really is. And it also depends
2: on where your home is. There's certain pockets that are just on fire again right now over the last couple of weeks, but then there's uh, certain pockets that are very quiet. So it depends on where you are, where the buyer activity is, and how much inventory is in your subdivision itself.
1: And in terms of selling your home, if you're thinking about downsizing, is this a good time to do that? Yeah. I mean, if you're buying and selling,
2: it doesn't matter what type of market you're in. If you're Buying and selling in a hot market, you're going to get a lot more for your home and you're going to pay a lot more for your new home. If you're buying and selling in in a quieter market like it is right now, you may not get as much as you wanted for your home or expected for your home, but at the same time, you're going to be able to buy your next home. For a lot cheaper. So if you're downsizing, there's a, there's a lot of inventory out there. But there is competition in the lower end right now because that's what a lot of people are looking at. As their buying power diminishes with the interest rates going up and the stress test knocking down their affordability, they're going to be focused on that lower end or these smaller homes. Uh, in the higher end, there's not as much competition because uh, people's expectations or, or their affordability has been knocked down by the climbing interest rates. So it just depends on what you're looking at, but we can evaluate each individual situation and give you some uh, proper feedback on that.
1: Our next question comes from an investor who wants to know if this is the right time to pick up commercial property or an investment property. Asif, what are your thoughts on this one?
2: Well, this is a great time for investors to be out there because, uh, you know, investors buy low and, and then they hold on to them. And the, you, know, you rarely see investors coming out and competing with 10, 15, 20, 30 people to purchase their investment property. This is the time that they're out there. And that's why you hear all of these stories in the news that there's uh, corporations coming in and scooping up properties because they know that when the market is quieter, that's when they want to come in and purchase them. Uh, rentals are at pretty much an all-time high right now. I can't remember rentals being this competitive or for this much money. And that's what the investors are looking at. They're looking at their bottom line and what type of return are they going to get off of their investment. And that's why you see a lot of investor activity right now.
1: You mentioned the rental market and I know months ago you talked about how there were bidding wars for rental properties. Is that still going on?
2: Yeah, I mean there are still a lot. Of, I mean, there's probably a lot more bidding wars, but it's also very competitive because there's a lot of people that may have been entering the housing market as purchasers, and they've changed their tune to maybe rent for a year or two to try and figure out what's happening, navigate the landscape, and and so now you've got this entire other pool of people entering the rental market as well as all the, the people that were there previously. Now you also have universities back in person for the first time in a couple of years or three years, and you've got all of these students entering the rental market. So it's ultra-competitive, especially in the big cities and in the city cores, but also in the smaller towns and cities that are close to colleges and universities. Uh, you're not seeing any deals in rentals right now, and people are having to overpay or, uh, you know, pay a lot more than what they anticipated they would be.
1: As a reminder, you can send your questions anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that?
2: They can reach me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426.
1: If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening.